this is objectively sane. Hey everyone, welcome back to Objectively Sane. Um, this is episode three. It's just me today, I know, kind of disappointing, but maybe we can start a campaign to have my uh, best friend be a co-host, maybe. Maybe I should make a petition, let me know. Anyways, today we're talking about the dating apps. Now, I have been on the apps off and on for like, six years, probably, you know, a relationship in between some times where I wanted to get off of them, but on and off for about six years, which is funny because if you're listening and you're constantly on the apps, you know how you see those people that you've like seen on the apps for years and you're kind of like, oh, wow, they're still single. I'm like, shit, those people probably thinking that about me. But what can we do? It's, it's, it's not our fault that we're single. We just haven't found the right people. So currently I am on Bumble, Tinder, and Hinge. I've sometimes added a little J swipe into the mix. I am Jewish. I went off that one. It's kind of weird in Toronto. It doesn't really like work properly. Plus like I feel like three is my max. Like I just don't want to be on all of them. So I rate them as number one being Bumble, number two, Hinge, and number three, Tinder. And this is just my own personal rating system. And this is why. So I'm going to go over the pros and cons of each. So Bumble is my number one because I actually find that they have the best caliber of guys. I'm not sure why or if there's any rhyme or reason for that, but I just find when I'm swiping through Bumble versus Tinder or Hinge, like I'm swiping right more on Bumble. Like I'm seeing more of what I like. I'm not crazy about the make the first move thing. I think it's a pro and a con. Like it's nice, you know, woman empowerment. We love to see it, but sometimes I don't want to make the first move. But it is nice that, you know, if you match with a hot guy on Tinder or Hinge, like you might wait like, oh, I just want to see if they write to me. But on Bumble, it's like, well, I have to write to them or it's never going to happen. So it's a pro and a con. Sometimes it's annoying because it's like all this pressure and you have to do it within 24 hours and you may forget. And it's a pro and a con. One thing that I will say that Bumble, I am not happy about, if you're listening, is that when Bumble started, they were the only app where you could swipe back. You could like, if you went over someone, you're like, oh shit, I didn't mean that. You could shake the phone and it would send you back. And you could do that like three times within two hours or something. And they took that away. And now you have to pay for it. And I'm super disappointed in this because they had this free from the start. It was aside from uh, women making the first move, it was a differentiator between all the other apps where you had to pay to go back. And now along with all the other apps, you have to pay to go back. And I just think this is so silly. Like this is something you offered from free from the beginning. So come on, Bumble, give the people what they want. Give us back the swipe back. Okay. We need it. Okay, number two is Hinge. A con of Hinge is, first of all, it's not just a swipe right or swipe left. You have to actually X the people and, and heart the people. Now, this is just me being so lazy. <laughs> 
but I love to just sit there and swipe. Like you, you don't even have to have two hands. You just use the one finger and swipe, swipe, swipe. So I'm sorry, Hinge, but it's a little bit too much effort for me to have to actually click the X or click the heart, okay? So let's, you know, let's maybe get like a swipe function happening for all the lazy people like me. But I do like that on Hinge, you have to answer three questions. So it gives you some insight into people and it's like cute little questions you can answer. So it doesn't have to be like some corny, cheesy profile about what you're looking for. It's just like fun little questions. So I like to be able to see that it kind of gives some insight into people's personality um, and everyone's height is on there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not a heightist, but I'm actually a tall girl. I'm 5'8", which I know isn't that tall, but height does matter to me. I mean, who knows? The other day my mom said, you're going to end up with a short guy because of the way you talk about height. So we'll see. But overall, I do prefer to feel little. So I want a tall guy and it's just nice to know the height because there's been times when I'm just not sure and I ask and I know it's super shallow, but like I just can't walk into a date and the guy be like 5'4", like I'll die. So love that about it. I will say with Hinge is that the likes I get are like not that good. Like I feel like I'm not getting likes from guys that I want. However, if I put in the effort to go in and like guys, then I do feel like I match with them. So again, Hinge just overall takes more effort. You have to go in and really like the people and you have to use two hands. <laughs> so I like Hinge, but again, it's just a little bit more effort. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Now, Tinder, I would say is the most user-friendly, the swipe right, the swipe left. It's super simple. It's just easy. That's why I like it. The caliber of guys is medium. It's not as good as Bumble, but it's fine. Um, so Tinder's just easy and I like it. It used to be my favorite. I think now it's gone down to number three because I just find the caliber isn't that great. Or maybe I've just gone through it too much and I don't know. But I think that Tinder is definitely the most user-friendly um, and we love to see it. So now this is my own personal rating that I've just gone through. But I did some research to find out sort of like what do other people think are the best apps? And oddly enough, there isn't a study that really talks about the main apps and lists them in terms of people's preference. So I ended up finding a study done by SurveyMonkey that said that 18 to 24 year olds, about 64% of them use Tinder and then 31% use Bumble. So that's the second most used, but again, it's a pretty far away second from 64 to 31. And that's 18 to 24 year olds. It then noted that when you get into the 25 to 34 year old range, people transition to sites like match.com. So they actually said that 36% of 25 to 34 year olds, when they enter that age group, they, they transition into like a match.com, something like median eHarmony. So I want to stop on this for a moment because first of all, I have signed up for a match.com and eHarmony e several times, but I'm literally so fucking cheap that I don't want to pay. It's actually quite expensive. First of all, it's like a monthly fee in US dollars. But then on top of that, you cannot on any of these sites pay month to month. So it ends up being like minimum $100 for like the cheapest sign up, which again, this is to find my future husband, like the amount of money I spend on clothes and home furnishings, like just suck it up and pay for it. 
But the reason why I've never actually gone through with it is because when I do the free trial and I do basically whatever I can on these sites without paying, I find that the guys are just not at all what I'm looking for. They're not people that are living in the city. They're not people that I necessarily find attractive or that I feel like are, I don't know, like I just, I never find the guys to be that exciting. So I've never committed to paying. That being said, I do think like right now I have a match.com free trial going and it like only lets me see 13 messages and they're always by these like weird guys and, and they're saying very weird things to me. But I have like a hundred plus messages that I can't read. So I do think that maybe if I pay that there's some good in there. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to do a little experiment and I am going to sign up for one of these sites seriously, whether it be Match or eHarmony. If you're listening, let me know what you prefer. And we're going to do a follow-up episode and see if it's worth the money. So stay tuned for that. But today we're just talking about the free apps. It's it's such a love-hate relationship. So that Survey Monkey survey also said that 50, 56% of adults view the apps as negative or somewhat negative, and 58% view them as positive or somewhat positive. And this made me literally laugh out loud because that's literally it. Anyone that is on these apps literally hates them 50% of the time and loves them 50% of the time. It's truly the main way to meet people nowadays, especially with COVID. Like it was hard enough in Toronto, like when you're out at the bars, it's just not the same. People aren't really, you know, coming up to you the way they used to. If you're in the grocery store and you see a cute guy, like even if you feel like there's like maybe a vibe or you're looking at each other, like they will just never come up to you. And yes, it's on us as women to also make the first move. But I just think that it's hard these days for some reason. And that's why it's like, we need the apps. So we hate them because they're annoying and everyone is, you know, flimsy or flaky. And, you know, there's all this choice and it makes people not commit to anything. And there's all these downsides, but at the same time, we also, we need them. So it's truly a love hate relationship. And I honestly feel like there are three phases of meeting people in life. So there's that phase in like high school, university, early 20s, where you're constantly going out, you're constantly meeting people. Um, and, you know, someone you meet at the bar or someone you meet at a pre-drink, you end up hooking up with and it turns into a relationship. Like, this is how I feel like I and most of my friends ended up getting into relationships in high school, university, early 20s. Then in your mid-20s, you're like meeting friends of friends. So you guys have like, you know tamed yourselves a little bit, but you're still going out with a lot of people. You're, you're meeting people through work and through your friends. Um, and that's often how you meet people. But now you're in your thirties, your friends aren't going out as much. Everyone seems to be in a relationship, but you. So it feels like the only thing left to do is go online. And so that's the phase I'm in. And honestly, I wish so badly that I was in, you know, or that I was not in the wrong relationships for some of those phases. But alas, that's my life. It is what it is. So this is my journey. And I wasn't single during those phases. So now I know what I'm looking for. I'm ready. And these apps and online dating are really an important way to get what I'm looking for.
as much as I hate it. So now I want to talk about how to navigate these apps. So I feel like I have been pretty lucky with the apps and I mean, take that with a grain of salt because I'm still single. <laughs> and if you listen to the app last episode, I've been ghosted a bunch and, and whatever it's lucky is an interesting term. But what I mean by that is I've never had a terrible experience. I've never had a scary experience. So perhaps my rules do work. So let's go through them. Number one, give the not perfect looking people a chance. I find with the apps, it's so hard because it is so physical. All you're basing this off off of is literally a picture of someone's face. So you tend to just swipe right on like the really good looking people. Like sometimes when I'm on these apps, I'm like, I'm pushing way above my weight here. Like, who do I think I am? Like Kendall Jenner, like I honestly, it's a funny comparison, but I just mean, I'm, I'm like only swiping right on male models. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, first of all, I know that looks are not everything. Trust me. I don't even know if I would have swiped right on several of my ex-boyfriends. When you meet someone out through a friend of a friend or at a bar, you're attracted to them for some unexplicable reason. And often it's not just physical. And a true, real, long lasting connection is not just physical. So give the guys that don't just look perfect on the outside a chance, because first of all, they tend to be better looking than they are in their pictures. I mean, sometimes. And again, their personality could be awesome. And you simply don't know that from a picture. And that is what truly makes people attractive. So definitely give people a chance that don't necessarily look like your type, that don't necessarily look, you know, super hot on the apps because personality makes someone so attractive and you just simply don't know their personality yet. So number two, this is my big rule, is keep talking prior to meeting or FaceTiming to a minimum. So I have like a literal aversion to this to the point where like maybe it's a bit bad, like maybe I should talk to them a bit longer. But overall, I just have had situations where I talk to someone for a couple weeks and then I meet them and the second I sit down, it's just something about their vibe or something I just know this is not it. The second I sit down. So why did I just spend two weeks talking to this person? So my rule is let's talk for a day. Let's talk for a day or two. Let's make sure there's like some chemistry via text or whatever. Let's make sure, you know, that I'm interested in meeting you. And then let's set a date. And if it's not super soon because of, you know, life and plans, then let's just make the date and, you know, talk the day before or something. Like there's just no need to talk every day because you're building up this, expectation, you're building up these feelings, and you just simply will not know until you meet them. So let's just try and get the meeting right away. And I know this can be a little bit hard during COVID. So maybe try a FaceTime, like still again, when you meet someone in person, that's like the final time of knowing. But I do think a phone call or a FaceTime can also help assure that there is some real chemistry there. I actually have a FaceTime tonight um, with a hinge guy and I'm super nervous, which is funny. I don't get nervous for dates anymore because I've just gone on a million. I'm more nervous for this FaceTime. I don't know what it is, maybe because it's obviously harder to connect with someone over a phone or, you know, I'm worried I don't look as good on FaceTime. I don't know what it is, but I'm nervous. So I will let you guys know how it went. 
but I think that's an important rule. Just keep the talking to a minimum. You don't want a pen pal. Try and make that meetup happen. If they're being flaky about it, then just let it go because the, what's the point of talking to someone constantly if they're not going to meet up with you? We don't want to end up on an episode of Catfish, okay? So this rule is important and um, just go for it. Do a FaceTime because of COVID. Go for a walk. Have a, you know, get some warm whiskey and sit in the park for 10 minutes. Like just find a way to meet and make it happen so that you know if this connection is, is worthwhile. Okay, so number three, first date, always just a drink. Now, not everyone drinks, so maybe it's a coffee, maybe it's a drink, maybe it's a walk, but nothing too major. Like people that go for meals on their first date, I'm like, that is so scary to me because imagine that feeling. And I'm sure if you're on the apps, you can relate where the, no matter how excited you are to meet someone, the second you sit down, you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not into this. This vibe is way off. They're not what I was expecting. And now imagine having to sit through an entire meal with this person. No, no, no. So go for a drink, go for a coffee. That way, you know, if you're having a coffee, for example, and they're like, okay, want to continue this and go for a walk? You can say no, if you're not interested. If you're out for a drink, you can say, I don't want a second drink. And that's the way to kind of let them know, like, let's finish this up. Although one time I said that and then the guy didn't get it and I had to sit and wait for him to finish his drink, but it was fine. A lot of the time, these bad dates, they're not terrible. They're just, you're not interested, but the conversation can still be fine and whatever. It's just, you know, you're having a drink with someone, but you're not going to see them again. But anyways, just keep it short and simple for the first date, because if you don't like them, you want to be able to get out of there. Next one, this is more of like a safety thing, but just never invite someone over to your house for the first meeting. Never go to their house. I know that with COVID, this is tempting. What's the worst that can happen? There's nowhere for us to go, but it's just really not a good idea. And I'll admit sometimes I've never started a date at my house, but you know, sometimes on the first date, I have brought someone back up for a drink or gone to their place. And even that, I'm like, I shouldn't be doing that. Like you simply, you don't know who you can trust after the first date. So just try and keep it outside of your houses for the first date, maybe the first couple dates. And once you feel comfortable, then you can have a chill at home. But really just be safe and just don't go to each other's houses until you're comfortable. Next one, be honest about what you want and what you're looking for. I have literally, my, me and my therapist talk about this because she's like, if someone says they're not looking for something serious, do you swipe right? And I'm like, honestly, sometimes I do. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. It comes back to that thing of like, I can change them. They're super cute. They look so fun. They have this thing, they blah, blah, blah. Like, no, they're telling you straight up before they even meet you, I am looking for something casual. Believe them. When someone tells you what they want or who they are, believe them. Like it's okay to want a relationship. You don't have to feel ashamed about that. It's okay to want kids. You don't have to feel ashamed about that. It's okay to not want kids. You don't have to feel ashamed about that. If people on their profile are listing these things that, that go against what you're truly looking for, you have to be honest with yourself and just stay away from them. There is simply no point. This isn't like a romantic comedy where you're going to change the guy. This is your life and you need to stay true to what you want, 
and be honest and unashamed of what you want. Okay, next, add a couple cute things to your profile. So anytime I see a guy being like super cheesy, like I'm looking for this and um, I don't even know. I don't have an example, but I try and stay, whenever I see something too cheesy, it's kind of a turnoff for me. So I do think it's good to put some stuff on your profile, but keep it light, keep it cute. That's why I like Hinge because they have those fun questions you can answer. And honestly, for the other app, you can kind of take inspiration from the Hinge questions and make your own profile. But it is good to have stuff on your profile because even when I match with someone, the second the first thing I do if I'm going to reach out first is go to their profile and see if I can find something from their pictures or what they've said to make a first move. Because, you know, just saying, hey, how are you? Or sending an emoji is not great. So the same way I go and look for something on their profile to spark an interesting conversation, they're probably doing the same thing. So it's good to have something cute and fun on there that they may be able to speak to, whether it's just pictures or any words, anything about yourself that they may be able to get some insight into you and be able to start a conversation. Now, this actually goes really well into my next point, which is make the first move. Do not be afraid to make the first move. There's so much out there about how girls should make the first move and, and the chase and all of this. And I will say that once you go out with the person, if you do feel like you're interested and I don't know if this is sexist of me, but I do feel like I like to take the back seat once I've met them and I feel like there's a connection. I do like the guy to kind of take the lead just for the first little bit, not, not in terms of an entire relationship, but just for that, those first few weeks of dating. I do think that is key. But to me, it's any man's game until you go on that first date. So make the first move in terms of initiating that conversation, ask them out be bold, ask for what you want. And then maybe you want to, you kind of put it, the ball in their court once you've gone out. But for me on the apps, make the first move. Don't be afraid and just have fun. And this is the last one with the apps. We know that there is so many people out there. There are so many girls on the apps. There are so many guys on the apps. And often, you know, you need to be prepared for them to disappear or for them to be seeing multiple people at the same time. And so you should be doing the same. So honestly, if you feel like you have gone out on a couple dates with someone and you're starting to like them, I would honestly suggest continuing to talk to other people and maybe go out on a couple more dates. A, to just make sure that the connection that you're feeling with this person is true, but also just to kind of minimize the attachment in those early phases because I think it's extremely important to not put all your eggs in one basket and to really, you know, stay level-headed. And I think with dating, especially on the apps, because people are so flaky, the best way to do that is to just keep your options open so that you're not growing too attached to anyone. And then, you know, if something doesn't work out, you know that there's still people out there and everything is fine. So those are my rules. Those are eight rules. I would love you guys to reach out to me and let me know if you have any rules of your own, anything that you've learned from the apps. You can email me at objectivelysane at gmail.com. If you have any stories from app dating, I would just love to hear them. But I found some questions um, that I'm going to talk about now.
So this girl wrote to me and she said, I was talking to this guy on match. Ooh, match. Interesting. We're going to follow up on that episode. We hit it off so good. Everything clicked. We met up and it felt like the sparks were there on both sides. He invited me to dinner at his house and I went. It was amazing. We talked, danced. It was awesome. It's funny that dancing is like a common theme. Like I talked about it with the 40 year old guy. My friend talked about it with her guy, but there's something about dancing around your apartment with a guy that it's just kind of the best. He told me that he was still going to date other people at this point, and it completely caught me off guard. I didn't know how to react, but I stayed, and it was an awesome night. I'm not going to lie. After about two days, I just couldn't do it anymore. I told him that I'm not in the same place as he is. He said he wished he didn't tell me because it came back to bite him in the ass because he did like me. I said in my profile I was looking for something more serious and needed someone who was ready. I feel like I was used once again, and now my feelings are all over the place. This sucks. I wish I would have known sooner rather than later before getting emotionally attached to this person. I would have liked to make the choice myself from the beginning and not like this. Am I just tripping? (laughs) I love that. Am I just tripping on wanting exclusivity right away? I can't talk to multiples at once. So this is a perfect um, kind of story on that last point about Now, I wish that this girl provided more of a timeline because I don't actually know how long they've been seeing each other, which I feel like would affect my advice. But I have a couple things to say. First of all, this guy is telling you that he wants to see other people, which means that, A, he may not have the same level of feelings for you, but also he may not be looking for something so serious. Because when a guy is really looking for something serious, if he's found a great connection, he's probably or hopefully going to pursue that. So this is a case of you knowing what you want and not being ashamed about it. So you told him straight up, like, I, I've said from the beginning, I want something serious. And you're telling me kind of that you don't. So this is the point where you have to try to put those feelings aside, not aside, because you need to feel your feelings. But to the point where you just need to look at the facts of the situation, which is, I want a serious relationship and he does it. And that needs to be enough for you to walk away. And you need to not feel ashamed about what you want. I have felt ashamed so many times being ashamed of wanting more and, and that making me stay. And at the end of the day, wanting more isn't going to make it happen. This person is telling you, they don't want a serious relationship. Like you have to listen to them. So that's point one. Point two, am I just tripping wanting exclusivity right away? I mean, again, I wish I knew the timeline here. If this was like a week in, I would say yes. This goes to my last point of like, you really do need to keep your options open and, you know, be chill for the first little bit. And so I do think depending on the timeline, I think if you've been seeing each other for for a week or two, it doesn't seem like they've been seeing each other too long. Then yeah, I don't think you should be asking for exclusivity. And I think a way that you can try and remain emotionally detached is to, um, to continue talking to other people, to keep yourself busy, to keep doing things that make you happy. Because, you know, a weekend, it's it's not necessarily the time to ask for things to be exclusive. You want things to progress naturally. Um, 
So I would suggest that even if you can't talk to multiple people at once, to find other things to keep yourself busy so that you're not centering your life around this person to the point where you feel like you need them all to yourself already. So moving on to another question. This one is interesting because it says, when does a relationship start? I incorporate dating apps into my dating life. And I was wondering, does the relationship start during the days, weeks, months that you're talking to each other before you meet? Or does it start once you've actually met face to face on a date? Um, I would say none of the above. <laughs> a relationship starts when you've sat down and decided this is a relationship. A first date is no indication of whether something is going to be a relationship or not. So yeah, no, a relationship starts when you've sat down and you've had the talk as they call it, and you've decided to be exclusive that you're not going to see anyone, maybe your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, but that's when the relationship starts when you both decided you want this to be a relationship and not just dating casually. I think once you've decided you're in a relationship and you've been in a relationship for a while, once you talk about your, like, let's say anniversary, you can look back and say, hmm, maybe our anniversary is that first date we went on from the app. But in terms of when the relationship starts, absolutely does not start until you've had that discussion. It does not start when you start talking to someone and it does not start on your first date. If you think that, that is only going to set you up for major disappointment. So the relationship starts once you've decided together that this is a relationship. Hard stop. So this next question, again, brings me back to that point about we need to ask for what we want and know what we want without any shame. So this gal, she says, hey, a question. I've been talking with this one guy from a dating app um, about two and a half months. It's a pretty long time. We have talked a few times per week, had video chats and calls. Ooh, we haven't met just yet. He lives about 400 kilometers away from me. Last weekend, he said that he just sees us flirting and having fun, not anything else because of the long distance, although he recommend, recommended meeting for this month. But for me, I'm not looking for just like a flirting friend. I'm trying to find the real deal. So should I just let this guy go? Yes, you need to let this guy go again. And I've done this ugh, in every relationship I've ever had. Someone is showing me who they are and what they want. And I stay because I'm convinced that I can change them. This guy, luckily, just two and a half months in is telling you how he sees this relationship going. And it is not the relationship that you want. So you need to just walk away. You need to stop understanding, trying to understand why you need to stop thinking that you can change his mind. You just need to know that he has told you he doesn't want a serious relationship and you do. And that's it. You have to walk away. If he comes back and decides to, that he wants to pursue a serious relationship with you, then great. I'm not saying you have to reject him at that point, but right now he is telling you that he doesn't want a relationship. So like you need to just stay away and you need to not feel bad that you want a relationship because that is normal. Needs are normal. And this, this guy is just telling you he can't meet your needs. And so bye. I know that's easier said than done, but I will also note from this one and why I pulled it out was because they said that they have been talking for two and a half months and they haven't met. So 
this brings me back to one of my important rules about meeting up right away. And I know this one is a little bit tricky because he does live far away, but honestly, I matched with this cute guy yesterday and he ended up telling me that he lives like about an hour away from Toronto or an hour and a half, I guess it is. It's Guelph. Um, I don't know if any Canadians let up. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'm not going to continue talking to him. Like at the end of the day, I'm 34. I'm looking for my person. I'm not looking for a long distance relationship. So as cute as he was and as nice as our conversation was, it was just the facts are that this is not what I want. So just no. But um, again, this is an interesting one because he did live far away. I think if you're willing to even be in a long distance relationship, like really consider if that's what you want, but also make it happen. Like 400 kilometers, what's that? Like a three hour drive? Like just go there and have a coffee at some point before it becomes two and a half months later and you're attached to this person who you haven't even met and who you don't, you haven't even discussed, like, what do you want? I also want to add that if you're talking to someone for two and a half months and you haven't even like discussed with them, what are you looking for? I think that's another issue because on the apps, people are obviously out there looking for something. And I don't think you should be afraid to ask, what are you looking for? And I think had you done that a little bit earlier, that it might have helped navigate the situation before getting too attached. So the question is, so should I let this guy go? Yes. For every reason I've just said, don't beat yourself up about it. Everything's a lesson. You know, now, like I'm not going to talk to someone for two and a half months without, um, asking them what they're looking for without meeting up with them. But you're also going to know that you want a relationship and that is okay. And do not feel ashamed about that. So we're about to end this episode, which I hope you guys have enjoyed, but there's just a one more thing where this lovely lady has just been out of a relationship and she's only been on dates with guys that she's known like through a friend or a coworker or something of that nature. So she's about to go on a date with someone that she doesn't know. So she's nervous. So she said, my question is, how do you get over the nerves on a first date? I'm so worried I'll open my mouth to talk and nothing will come out or I'll end up making a complete fool of myself. Any tips are appreciated. I would say at this point, I'm like a dating pro. Like I could not even count how many dates I've been on. And the only thing I can tell you is that practice makes perfect. Like there is really no way to get over your nerves, but to go on the date to see that everything would be fine. And then just to keep, you know, if that situation doesn't work out to just keep dating because I'm rarely nervous when I go on a date anymore. Cause I've just done it so many times and I know that I can carry a conversation. I know that, you know, even if it's awkward that I'll be able to leave and everything will be fine. So just, just keep dating and you'll get there. Um, and it's okay if you're nervous, like in the beginning, when I was nervous before I arrived at the point where I'm not nervous, I would just sometimes say I'm really nervous, you know, just to kind of break the ice. I remember in university when I would be presenting, you know, a presentation or something. And now I present to clients and stuff all the time and I'm never nervous, but I remember in university, I would, you know, when you have that like physical reaction, when like your voice starts sounding weird, it's just like doing something you can't control because you're so nervous. And I would sometimes say to the class, I would stop and I would say, sorry, I'm really nervous because I started to have anxiety about them, like hearing my voice, doing weird things. And just saying I'm a bit nervous would 
calm me down. So I think that also goes for dating. Like if you go on a date and you're super nervous, like just say, like, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. I haven't been on a date in a while. It's kind of cute and charming and it will help you feel better and just keep dating and keep getting out there. And the more practice you have, the better you'll be at it, the better you'll be able to carry a date. Well, hopefully you don't have to carry it, but, and to know kind of your worth and, and what you're looking for. So that's it for the app episode. Um, I will follow up this episode with a little experiment on match.com to see if it's really worth the money. Um, I do want to just reiterate again that I am not any way a licensed professional. This is just me talking and giving advice the way I would give to a friend, but I would love to hear from you guys. So please, please, please write me. Let me know any questions you have, um, any stories you want to share. It's objectivelysane at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at objectivelysanepod. Join our Facebook group and stay sane out there, everyone.